Girlfriends, episode number 75, Be Better at Hospitality. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week we're talking about retreats, summer weather, a momnipotent opportunity, and how to stop freaking out about inviting people over your house. Here we go, let's get started. Hey girlfriends, how are you? It's a new week, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're able to connect like this again for a little bit of time here at Girlfriends. I'm happy that you've shown up for another episode, so welcome. Um, What's going on in your world? Is it really hot summer weather where you are? Because it is here, and that's unusual. <laughs> I'm thrilled, though. It's like 90 degrees today, and we had a beautiful weekend with hot summer weather, and I will take it. After all the cold and rain we had this spring, it's been wonderful. We've got kids in the pool. Everything's just turning green. I love this time of year. I wouldn't ever want to live where I don't have four seasons, but I could do with a longer summer season. It's absolutely my favorite, my favorite weather. And I hope you're enjoying it wherever you are, even if you're in Texas and it's been summer for the past six months. (laughs) I hope you're able to enjoy it. Um, So I had a birthday this past week. And thank you to those of you, a a number of you reached out and a bunch of people on Facebook, of course, um, wished me well. And it always feels very nice to just hear from a number of different people on your birthday. And I had a, um, the actual day of my birthday stunk because it was filled with like doctor's appointments and baseball and some disappointing news. And anyway, we ended up celebrating this past weekend and it was lovely and I had a lovely birthday. So 45, I don't mind sharing my age. I own my age. I think I've earned every bit of that number. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I feel very comfortable in my age. I hope you do too. I think every time like the the decade changes it feels a little weird like I felt a little weird turning 20 and definitely remember feeling weird turning 30 like I guess I'm a grown-up now and then 40 starts to feel like pretty old you know like those were the old people not too long ago the ones who were in their 40s and I'm sure I'll feel the same way when I hit 50 but you know I know I'm I'm blessed to live the life that I do and um, have such a wonderful family and work that I enjoy and no complaints about being 45. But we have been sick. There's a nasty virus going through the family and I woke up early this morning and could feel it beginning (laughs) in the back of my throat. So I'm hoping it's not going to be too bad. Um, But most people who've had this virus in this past week and I was kind of bragging like, oh wow, I must have a really strong immune system because I'm not getting this virus that every other person in the house is succumbing to. Well, I should have shut up because um, I know I'm getting sick now. Hopefully it won't be too bad and we have the nice warm summer weather to you know, I can sit out in the sun and heal up. (laughs) So I hope you're happy and healthy wherever you are. Um, I wanted to tell you about an exciting opportunity for a momnipotent study. It's an opportunity for you to participate in a momnipotent study that's going to be led by me, which is a ton of fun. Um, It's something that I'm doing through Ascension Presents, ascensionpresents.com. You know that they partner with me to bring you this podcast. And um, as a project that we're going to work on together, uh, we're going to have a momnipotent study that's going to be online and 
it's limited in the number of people who are able to participate in it. We're going to keep the group to just 10 participants. Um, so there's going to be a, a lottery drawn from among those people who are interested in doing it. The way this is going to work is usually the, the Momnipotent Study Program, if you've done it before, you're, you can definitely do it again with me in this study. In fact, I'd love it if some people already had experience with the study who wanted to do it again and go through it again with me. Um, but if you've done it before, you know it's an eight-week program. So the Momnipotent study is an eight-week program that's a companion to my book, Momnipotent, that was published through Ascension Press, and the study was produced with Ascension Press. So it's usually eight weeks, but this one, we're just going to um, do it for four weeks this summer in the month of July, and kind of polling people about when they're available, when moms are generally available. I know summer's a crazy season. So um, we decided to limit it to four weeks, meeting four different times, and we're going to kind of double up the weeks. And, and you know, we won't be able to cover all the content, but we'll be able to, to cover the most important stuff, and um, I'll make sure that we hit those important points. So we're going to meet four different times in the month of July, and we're going to meet on Wednesday evenings online at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm hoping that's going to work for people, like give you enough time to kind of be done with your work for the day, have little kids if you have them down for the evening. Um, but so I'm hoping you're going to be interested in doing this. And if you are, you can go to ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery to uh, fill out a form and put your name in to possibly be selected as one of the 10 who will be allowed to register for the study. Um, all you have to do, all you have to do to qualify to enter is to be a mom and have access to internet and email because that's going to be an important part of the component of this online way we're doing the study. Um, but everyone who registers for the study is going to get their material material in the mail, but then you're also going to be able to stream the videos in on your own time. So we'll, we'll be able to work the study in around our schedule. So if you feel like you can just barely manage that Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. time block, 8 Eastern, but maybe you have other times when you have downtime and you could prepare, at, you know, during the week before we meet to watch the videos and look at some of the material, look at some of the discussion questions. But it's been my experience with the Momnipotent study. You can even come in cold and, and it's great. I specifically designed this study with moms in mind and knowing the last thing in the world I need as a mom is homework. And I didn't want to be giving that out to people. So it's, it's a very doable, flexible study, very much based around discussions. And I'm hoping to have some of those discussions with you. So again, if you're interested in participating in this unique opportunity to be part of a momnipotent study led by me online during the month of July, you can go to ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery. There's going to be all the information there in a form that you can fill out to enter to possibly be selected as one of the participants. So I'm really looking forward to it and I'm hoping you will participate with me. So great. Check that out. Okay, what else do we have going on? Oh, I, I gave my retreat at my parish this past weekend, the You're Worth It retreat, which was so great. I felt kind of nervous about doing it in a way that I don't usually get nervous. And it, I realized it was because I knew most of the people that I was going to be doing this retreat for. And I really wanted it to be good for them. And it turned out to be such a joy to be able to share this content that I care so deeply about in the You're Worth It retreat really it's, it's based on the themes in my book, uh, You're Worth It, which is all about encouraging women to know that Jesus loves them. And 
it sounds corny and stupid and so simple, like no brainer, duh. Yeah, Jesus loves me. I know. But really, the whole point of this retreat is to take that information and not just receive it and understand it in your head, but I really want women to accept that notion of Jesus's love and know that Jesus loves them in their hearts. So moving that information from our heads to our hearts, such a hard thing to do sometimes. We put so many obstacles in between ourselves and our relationship with Jesus out of insecurity or feelings of unworthiness or, you know, things that maybe from our past, wounds from our past that get in the way. There's so many things that get in the way. And, and this retreat's really all about trying to clear out those things that might get in the way of fully knowing and receiving God's love and knowing that you're worthy of it. So it was a great retreat with, with women that I know and love in real life, women I call friends. Um, two of my daughters were able to be there. So it really was a special event. I was so pleased to be able to do that at St. Andre Bassett Parish this past weekend. If you're interested in the You're Worth It retreat and possibly bringing me to your community or your parish or your diocese to put on the retreat for women there, it's a day retreat. So really it's in the, the actual material is about four hours. We usually break that up with some breaks and um, a lunch or something like that, depending on what your group wants. Um, but if you're interested in finding out more information about how you could possibly do that or just learning more about the retreat, I do offer a free copy of my book, You're Worth It, to anyone who's kind of checking it out and, and looking to discern if this is a good fit for their community. Because really, the retreat is all about the themes in the book. So if you read the book and you feel like that's a good fit, the retreat will be a good fit. So if you're interested... I, I will send you a free copy of the book. You can go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat to find out how to get that free copy or how to request more information about bringing the retreat to your community. I hope I'll get to meet you that way. That would be a ton of fun. Okay, so this week we are talking about hospitality. This is such a sticky thing for women. Why? Why do we make this such a problem for ourselves? But I was inspired to... to talk about this because there was an article in fact I first read it probably over a year ago but it was kind of circulating again recently and I, I ran into it again online and it's a, an article by Robin Shreves which is called In Praise of Scruffy Hospitality and I mean I even like that phrase scruffy hospitality is great um, and in it she shares the struggle that she has which most women do of relaxing about having people over, relaxing about hosting something at your house, inviting people into your home, being a host without freaking out about having everything perfect. With you know, so scruffy hospitality, what does that mean? It doesn't have to mean that your house is a pit, but it has not that you got to let go of that idea that everything needs to be perfect before you can have everybody over. Like even if you've got a construction project going on at your house, you can have people over. Even if there's a giant pile of boxes that you need to sort through and go through in the corner of your dining room, you can still have people over. Even if you haven't gotten around to that dusting or whatever home project it is, or even if your your kitchen has dirty dishes in the sink, you can have people over. It's okay. Um, so the article, I'm going to link to it at in the show notes at daniellebean.com the show notes for this episode, um, which will be at daniellebean.com forward slash hospitality. You can check it out there. Um, it's a great article and it's just really inspiring. Like you read the article and she's so right. And she shares so honestly about her own struggle about inviting people over. Why do we make it such a big deal and how it gets easier over time? So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit this week. Um, it's not something I'm perfect at. 
I happen to be married to a man who loves to host things. Um, so that kind of has pushed me throughout my adult life. I think naturally I'm an introvert um, and I probably wouldn't have a bunch of people over. Uh, I wouldn't have people over as often as we do on my own. And really it's just been Dan has, who's always loved to host a big party, you know, put on a big thing. Every year we have an Oktoberfest, which gets larger, it seems, every year where we have like uh, fun, you know, family activities and carving pumpkins and making beef stew and, you know, all these great things. Um, He's always loved doing that kind of thing. And it's pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit to do it and get, get, comfortable with the idea of having people over even having big events and that sort of thing but it doesn't have to be big events and that's one of the things we're going to talk about here so I've got some six different points I want to share with you about getting better at hospitality because even if you're a pro at it we always have room for improvement and sometimes just hearing you know a new perspective on it can inspire you to to do something different or challenge you on some of your your preconceived notions about what has to be in order to have people over so my first tip for becoming better at hospitality is to just make yourself do it a lot. Like make yourself do it. Like I said, my husband's kind of forced me to do it over the years and I've come to really enjoy it um, and gotten more comfortable in that role because of him. But even if you don't have a husband who's pushing you to do that, the only way you can get more comfortable doing something is to do it a lot. So if you're feeling like, oh, I'm just, I'm not, I feel shy. I don't feel comfortable having people over. I get stressed out. I get anxious. I get worked up. Just start doing it a lot. And even those those kinds of things that make scruffy hospitality, those kind of rough around the edges in your housekeeping, if you have people over a lot, you do stop freaking out about that because it's just not possible to keep your house in perfection mode, you know, seven days a week. And if you're having people over, you know, a couple of times a week or even once a week, then you're going to start to feel like, okay, that doesn't have to be done. Or, oh, hey, I didn't, I didn't get around to that thing before people came over last time and nobody died. So I probably isn't a priority for me, probably doesn't have to get done before we have somebody else over. But a good way to do this, and I know some couples who do this, is to set a schedule for yourself. Like, we're going to invite people over once a week. If this is something you struggle with, this could be great therapy for you. So say, you know, maybe you and your husband can agree, oh, uh, we're going to invite someone back to our house every week after Mass. I know some couples who do that. They don't know who it's going to be. They go to Mass and, you know, they end up talking with somebody or whatever, and they're they're always ready to have somebody come back for brunch or, or for lunch or whatever afterwards. And I think that's great. But it doesn't even have to be that. It could just be, you know, I'm going to have someone over once a week, even if it's inviting a mom friend over with her kids to play for a little while or inviting a couple over in the evening or um, having someone for lunch or meeting somebody, um, at, you know, having a, a barbecue or whatever it is. Commit to doing it regularly. That's the thing. Stop waiting for everything to be perfect. Stop waiting for the perfect moment when you're all caught up on all your housework and all is in order and your children are behaving perfectly and then you can invite someone over. I think sometimes that's the thinking, that's the mentality that we have. And unless we challenge ourselves, we don't even realize that that's the mentality we have. Like, oh, we never have people over. Why don't we ever have people over? Ask yourself, what what do you think is holding your back? Like, what are you waiting to have happen? Because you If you were waiting for that perfect moment, that house perfection, family perfection, food perfection, whatever it is, it's never going to happen. Perfection doesn't exist this side of heaven. So get over it and have people over anyway. So that's my first tip. Just make yourself do it. Do it a lot. Do it on a schedule. That's a good way to kind of force yourself. 
to regularly have people over. Second tip, start small. If this is something you're feeling uncomfortable with, you do not have to host a giant event, a giant all-day party or a fancy dinner party. You know, start with something super easy. I love the idea of just having another couple over in the evening to play board games like a game night and have some snacks. Super easy, right? You can do that. Or have a friend over just for coffee and dessert. Um, or, you know, invite some family over in an evening and have a fire outside. It does not have to be complicated. And it's sometimes that's what we let get in the way, the idea that we think it has to be a big to-do to have somebody over. But, you know, I think back on the times when I've really enjoyed being hosted at someone else's house, and it was never about the fancy food or the perfection of their house. It was just fun getting together and them having a relaxed attitude about my presence there or my kids' presence there. That can be a real gift to your guests, just you relaxing, you getting out of your own head a little bit. So start small. Don't you don't overwhelm yourself. If this is something that causes you anxiety and you're not perfectly comfortable doing it, start really small. Give yourself permission to just have someone over for tea. I, I remember early in my marriage, um, I used to host these tea parties and yeah, maybe you could go over the top and make those super fancy, but um, I like just having a reason to have ladies come over and the tea was what we kind of scheduled it around. And it, that wasn't too complicated. You can just have tea and some little snacks and really connect with people that way. So give yourself permission to not do the big fancy perfect thing. Give yourself permission to just start small with whatever you're doing. All right, my third tip is let your guests help. Let other people help you. <laughs> you don't have to put on a whole show by yourself. That's I hate the word entertaining because I really, I mean, I, I prefer to say like hosting someone or offering hospitality or inviting people over, um, welcoming people. That's what it should be about, you know, connecting with people, entertaining people. Like, do you entertain? You know, I'm always hearing that on those HGTV shows. They're like, we need a great big kitchen because we love to entertain. Well, I don't love to entertain. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> I, You know, the, if you're entertaining, you're kind of like, putting on a show, you're kind of showing off your your house, your your cooking skills, your food, your dishes, whatever it is. But if you're hosting or if you're welcoming people into your home, it makes sense for other people to help. You know, sometimes our pride gets in the way and we feel like we need to show everyone that we can do everything when we have people over. Well, that's just dumb. So, you know, get that out of your head. And I always love it when I can when I'm invited somewhere and they let me participate in some way whether it's bringing a side dish or helping them in the kitchen when I arrive or helping with cleanup you can visit with other people while you're making food together or while you're cleaning up the dishes together you know it doesn't have to be this big you're putting on a show and they just sit and you wait upon them you know <laughs> so Allow other people, don't let your pride get in the way. Don't feel like you're entertaining and you have to put on a show. Just welcome them into your home and connect with them in a natural way. I think that some of the most wonderful memories I have of having people here at the house, but also of going to other people's houses, are when we do things together, when we kind of work together and everybody's relaxed and you feel kind of welcomed 
into their family. Not like they're putting on a show for you and everybody's proper, but just here we are. This is what we do. Join us. You know, that's fun. That's nice. So have that attitude toward it rather than feeling like you need to entertain invite other people to help and oftentimes when people come they'll offer to to bring food anyway or if they're over um and they see you you know chopping vegetables or whatever in the kitchen they'll they'll offer to help let them let them you know and, and let them help with with cleaning up too not that you have to be super focused on that i think it's great when you can just dump the dishes in the sink and and really focus on your guests um but you know say yes when people offer to help sometimes our, our pride gets in the way and you don't want that to happen and get in the way of you really connecting with your friends really being present to one another all right my fourth tip for getting better at hospitality is to stay within your budget this again is a pride thing you know if you feel like oh if I'm going to have people over I have to have the very best food or the very best decorations or entertainment of some kind or whatever well no you don't you know stay within your budget because of course it's going to be a major stress on you and on your whole family if you're going overboard and you know breaking the budget every time you have someone over you know so simple food simple drinks simple decorations if you want to do that for a party or whatever it's all fine but be reasonable about what you can afford to do and you know be realistic about it because you really are if the if your whole goal is to do this on a more regular basis and get more comfortable having people over well the way to do that is to make it a reasonable part of your life and so that means you need to stick within your budget and i it's not about fancy food it's not about fancy drinks or whatever that can be fun if you if you enjoy cooking and you want to try a new fancy recipe or whatever but i'm just saying you don't have to do like a five-star restaurant kind of uh, presentation every time you have people over just grilling up some burgers or hot dogs and putting out some chips and you got you got a party you know it's super easy so stay within your budget don't feel like your pride or that anybody's expecting you to kind of put on this expensive show you'll only wind up resenting your opportunities to have people over or even resenting your guests that would be terrible if you feel like it's a financial burden on you okay my fifth tip for being better at hospitality is don't apologize to your guests don't spend the whole time when people come over this has happened oh gosh and it makes me uncomfortable I feel terrible I feel like I'm a burden on people if you go to their house and they apologize the whole time for like oh I'm sorry this is such a mess oh I'm sorry for the way my kid just screamed and I'm sorry for that and uh, I understand that it comes from insecurity but get over that you know stop apologizing for the state of your house stop apologizing for you know something that happens with your kids or for your the quality of your food or whatever it is just I know people sometimes feel self-conscious and they feel like they're being like this is their big evaluation moment when they have people over but scruffy hospitality and, and learning to get better at hospitality in a real genuine way really requires you to let go of that really requires you to get rid of that idea that you're somehow trying to impress people that come over it doesn't mean that you don't clean up and and take care about you know within reasonable limits about the kind of food you have and whatever it doesn't mean you don't care but if you're spending the whole time feeling self-conscious about it and talking about it and apologizing for your messy house or whatever it is you're going to make your guests uncomfortable they're, they're going to start to feel like a burden like I'm making this person really uncomfortable in their own home they feel like I'm judging them or whatever it is 
That's like the opposite of connecting with your guests. That's the opposite of hospitality. Hospitality is supposed to be about making people feel welcomed in your home, making people feel comfortable and welcomed in your home. So if you keep that in mind, you'll get better at it. Um, You'll forget some of these things that actually don't matter, that are actually all about you and focus instead on your guests. So, you know, if you focus on visiting with your guests and let go of that idea that everything needs to be perfect, you're going to have a better time and your guests are going to have a better time. You're truly going to connect with one another. Which leads me to the last tip that I have for being better at hospitality. And that's say a prayer for receptivity. I love this word receptivity because it's a beautiful feminine quality. It's the idea of openness to other people. Openness, first of all, of course, being receptive to God's will. Um, And Mary is the perfect example of this, of course, with her fiat to God. But um, every woman has this gift in a a unique way. I mean, every human being is capable, of course, of having this gift. But um, women are especially gifted in being receptive to others. So pray for that gift. Pray for, you know, the best use of that gift. Pray for the grace to know how to better use that gift of receptivity, being open to other people. Ask for more of that gift. Um, And what I mean by that is giving your attention to other people, being focused on their needs, being receptive to what they want to share with you, truly connecting and truly seeing and wanting to know another person. And what a beautiful gift that is when you're able to do that, when you're able to give that to somebody else, that kind of time and attention and energy, focus. Because think about the times in your life where you felt really loved and known. And it's been a time when someone's focused on you in that way, I'm positive. That that time when you can connect and truly see the other person. I always think of St. John Paul II because it, it was described so many different times that he had this real gift for just super focusing on one person, whoever it was, you know, whatever their social status or their level of importance or whatever, that he saw, truly saw, like looked into the eyes and saw and recognized the other. And I think that's such a beautiful gift. And we have such a wonderful opportunity to practice that inside of our practice of hospitality when you invite people over. That's why you're supposed to be doing it, right? You want to connect with people. You want to share with them. You want to get to know them better. You want um, to truly communicate with them. So pray for that receptivity and then try to keep it in mind when you have people over. Because if you're being receptive to your guests, if you're um, looking to connect with them authentically, they're going to remember that kindness and, and attention. And all that other stuff that you think you need to worry about, whether it's the, the menu or the drinks or the cleanliness of your kitchen or whatever, all these other stuff, it's all it will all fall into place and fall into perspective because people are more important than things. We know this, right? I mean, we know it, and yet we don't truly know it. <laughs> you know, um, inside of the You're Worth It retreat, I talk about Martha and Mary in the gospel story. And, you know, that that idea that's kind of shocking to us women, like, wait a minute, what what Mary's doing is, is the better part, sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him, rather than, you know, fussing about in the kitchen and serving the guests? Because, you know, so many times we can we can relate to that idea of um, I have guests and so the most important thing is you know getting dinner on the table the most important thing is um, you know serving them and feeding them and having everything turn out right 
but it's not. That's why Jesus's words to, to Martha, and he's so gentle and good to her, saying her name, Martha, Martha. <laughs> and he says the same to us, you know, when, when we have people over, you're going to be busy and distracted with many things, like Jesus told Martha she was. And yet, one thing is needful. And that one thing, that better part, is the focus, you know, there, there she was, Martha had Jesus in her living room. And she's fussing with the pots and pans and getting angry at her sister for not helping her more. How many of us do the same thing, though? Whether it's with people in your everyday life, your family, you've got Jesus in your living room, right? They're, they're, those people are, are Christ to you, and you need to respond to them like they're Christ. And so, too, are your guests when you have them over, that it's Jesus in your living room. Try to think of it as that and choose that better part. And it doesn't mean you don't care about dinner or don't spend any time preparing or whatever, but it means that your focus and your priorities are in order, that you're focused on your guests and truly connecting. You're focused on relationship over all that stuff that, the, that needs to be done because all of that will fall into place. If you truly focus on giving attention to your guests, they're going to remember that kindness. They're going to remember that you cared and that you listened and that you truly authentically connected with them. And that's going to be so much more meaningful than the most perfect dinner menu or dust-free bookshelves or whatever it is that you think is out of order. So remember that. Pray for receptivity and then keep that notion of receptivity in your mind. And remember, people are more important than things. Your relationships with your guests are more important than all that stuff. So those are my tips. Just make yourself do it a lot. Start small. Let others help you. Stay within your budget. Don't apologize and pray for receptivity and keep that idea in mind when you have guests over. So those are my ideas for how you can get better at hosting people, get better at this notion of hospitality that so many of us struggle with. Maybe you have some ideas to share too. What makes hospitality work for you or what lessons in hospitality have you learned throughout your life? Because I think we all kind of have a journey with regard to this and early in our in our lives we kind of struggle I think more than we do maybe later in our lives. So I'd love to hear from you if you've learned a lesson about hospitality or if you know someone who truly is gifted at hospitality. Maybe you want to share a story how that person does that and um, what the details of that, what that looks like, what that kind of relationship looks like, what what real hospitality is to you. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to share on a future podcast. So you could email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or you can click that little tab to leave voicemail at daniellebean.com. There's a little tab on the right-hand side. Or you can leave me a Voxer message. I would just love to hear from you and be able to share your thoughts and your opinions about hospitality or anything that we've shared here this week on a future episode of Girlfriends. And speaking of feedback, I got some great feedback and a question from a listener all the way in Australia. Here's what Kim has to say. Hi Danielle, I'm Kim. I love your podcast. I found it really supportive. I'm raising four kids from 11 years old to 16 months um, and I feel like you really help bring my faith to life. Um, I'd love to have you speak at our parish but Australia might be a bit far. I'd love to hear your comments about unanswered prayers. Um, we really struggle financially and my husband and I pray for help, which sometimes comes and sometimes doesn't. But particularly with the kids, they pray for things that we can't afford so they never get them and then I feel really sad that I always have to say, oh, well, it mustn't be God's will for you. I'm so sorry. Um, so I'd really love to know what you would say to them. I really love how you 
how you um, phrase things to people. So um, thank you so much for what you do for all of us and you're in my prayers. God bless. Thank you so much, Kim. It's exciting for me to know that you're listening all the way in Australia and you're right, it might be a little far for me to come, but I'm glad we're able to connect this way and I'm thrilled that you're listening to the podcast and enjoying it. As for your question, that is such a tough one, isn't it? I mean, this is something even we grown-ups struggle to understand, the concept of unanswered prayers. Like, I've certainly struggled with this, even very recently struggling with the idea of praying for something and, and thinking it's good and wanting it and knowing that God wants good things for us, and yet the answer seems to be no at least for now, you know, we really struggle to understand that. And so to be able to explain that to children, especially young children, is a real challenge. But for me, what I try to do, and I I try to teach my kids this as well, um, that uh, to recognize the temptation to treat prayer like a gumball machine, like I put in my prayer, now I want my treat, like give me the thing that I prayed for, right? Um, Which really is not the point of prayer. Of course, God wants us to ask him for the things that we want, um, for the things that we desire. He does want us to communicate with him like that. And he wants to meet our needs. He wants to know what we what we need and what we desire. And he wants good things for us. But he wants our ultimate good. And sometimes that does mean a kind of no to certain things in the meantime, even good things, even things that would be very good for us or that we think would be good for us. God in his master plan sees outside of that. He's outside of time and he can see even more perfectly, even though it's frustrating for us. I think, you know, he can see even more perfectly what ultimately is for our good and wants to provide us with those good things. But I think the important shift in focus is to think about and talk about prayer. And I struggle with this as much as anybody, Um, not so much as an asking God for things and then you receive them, but more about building a relationship with God. And I think this is why he encourages us to ask him for the things we need, because that's very human. And and every one of us will respond to that. Like, yes, I'll I'll turn to you in my needs and I'll I'll ask you for things. Um, But really, the point of that is about building relationship, building a trusting relationship with our creator, that thing that every one of us is built for. It's about communicating with God and building that kind of daily relationship. You know, I love that God calls us his children and that he's our loving father because that's such a beautiful image. And those of us who are parents and, and children can relate to this too, that um, that that natural parent-child bond where the child is turning to the parent and, and asking for things. And sometimes they're asking for things that aren't even good for them and they don't know it and they think it is you know I I remember thinking of this very clearly when one of my children was small and he really loved um his antibiotic this you know the pink sweet stuff that he had to get for I don't know some ear infection or something he loved it and he I would give it to him um and then he would you know he was like two or something and then he would beg for more and he would just cry and cry and beg me for more and I of course wouldn't give him more too much medicine would be bad for him and yet he didn't understand that you know this this young child didn't understand that this thing it was good and he yummy and he wanted more and Yet he, you know, he just saw my no as just a cruel thing that I was doing. I was rejecting his desires. And yet I think some, you know, in that moment, I remember thinking, oh, this must be how God feels when I'm asking for things and getting frustrated that I'm not getting them, that he can see very well that 
potentially um, what is ultimately for our own good and he wants to provide those things for us and sometimes that's going to mean saying no to something that we we want very even want very much and even we can see that it would be good um so of course it's very hard to explain that to children but i think the key is focusing on prayer not so much as you put in and then take out um, but more focusing on prayer as a relationship with God, turning to God as a child turns to their parent, just naturally every moment throughout your day and having that loving trust in our creator. And it's the kind of thing you get better at the more you do it, the more you remember to do it, turning your heart, even interiorly, even if you're busy throughout your day, toward God and just, you know, checking in with him throughout the day, uh, beginning a new project and, you know, just kind of checking in with him. Here's what I'm doing now, God, I offer this work for you, that kind of thing, that very natural relationship. Um, Because we all experience that frustration of unanswered prayers. And, you know, you can think yourself into knots trying to figure out what God's will is for you or for your children. And children especially aren't going to, going to accept that idea of, you know, what, what God's will is. And we can't figure that part out. And so I think you have to be a little bit careful in, in talking about God's will and in speaking to your children like we know what God's will is because oftentimes we don't. And it's really only through that kind of relationship, building that trusting relationship with with God through prayer, that you can come to some understanding or some deeper level of trust where it doesn't matter if the particular thing you prayed for comes to you or not. Ultimately, you have the ultimate good, which is that relationship with God. I hope that's a little bit helpful, Kim. Um, I, I want to invite listeners to also share their ideas on this topic, their experiences, and especially in teaching children about this topic, because it's so hard. It's something that we struggle with as grown-ups. So it's it's hard to think of a way that our, our young children ought to be able to accept it. So um, give me your feedback for Kim. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or connect on Voxer, or do like Kim did, and just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me. That works great. I'd love to hear from you. Hi, Danielle. It's Barbara Nebraska. Thought I'd send you a Vox. Yes, I really do love your podcast. What took me so long to discover it? I guess what I like about it is that you start out with something chatty and newsy, what's going on with your family. Then you have a topic with certain bullet points, tips. You go through a nice list of ideas, which is really a great idea. You are um, on to something there. It's really a g- great podcast. Um, I'm packing up my classroom. I'm getting new uh, paint and carpet in my classroom, so I have to pack everything up. So I really welcome the time to listen to your podcast while I'm packing up my friends, like my saint statues and all my holy books and rosaries and, oh well, yeah, kids' books and textbooks and stuff like that too. So have a great day. Thank you, Barb. I loved hearing from you. For those of you who don't know Barb, she's Barb in Nebraska on social media, and she's a Catholic school teacher. She was a cover girl on the cover of today's Catholic Teacher magazine this past fall. Um, And she's just an all-around awesome lady. And I'm not even a school teacher, but I love the stuff that she shares about what's going on in her classroom. It's so encouraging and inspiring and just beautiful to see the things that they're doing together, growing together as a class. I really, honestly, by following what Barb has done throughout the year with her kids, um, I... 
I, I felt like I was, you know, completing a year as she showed like their end of year kind of assessments and roundups and I think some class superlatives and that kind of thing. And I just felt like I was a part of this class this year. So um, if check her out on social media. Um, she's she's on Twitter um, as Barb in Nebraska and on Instagram too. So you can check out her stuff. But as you can hear, she's just a lovely lady. So thank you so much, Barb, for sharing that you're enjoying the podcast and that you like the structure of it. Um, you you know, the structure is always kind of evolving and this is what I'm going with now. I'm I'm hoping to have an interview for next week. So next week's structure will be a little bit different, but I, I kind of like the balance too of like kind of chatty conversation, getting caught up on what's going on, but then also having a point and some bullet points to share. Not that I have everything perfectly figured out, but I, I usually, you know, try to pick a topic that I feel comfortable sharing about and have something to say about. So that said, um, any listeners who have ideas for future topics, I'm always looking for topics that are um, of interest to you, because really, you're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm doing this. So let's make it relevant, huh? You know, just let me know what kinds of topics you might be interested in and I could consider taking them up in a future episode. But thanks again, Barb. Lovely to hear from you and God bless you in your packing up work at the end of your school year. Hey, Danielle, it's Melissa. And this is a couple days late because I, I thought of you, I think it must have been Tuesday night, and then maybe I listened to the podcast on Wednesday. And um, I still think about last year when you talked about how you will or you would um, walk laps like around the, the ball diamonds at your kids' baseball games. And Tuesday night, I was up in the, the box running the scoreboard and nobody was up there with me and I was bored. And so I found a little corner where no one could see me and I did some squats and some like leg lifts. And I, and I did that like three or four times throughout the, the course of the game because I didn't think about it right away, but it was just, nobody was watching me and I didn't have anything else better to do while the kids were warming up and then to do some squats. So it was like, I, I thought of you when I was doing that. So great podcast this week. I hope you're doing well. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Melissa. I love that mental image that I have of you doing those squats up in the corner behind the scoreboard. It's terrific. Um, and I love that you shared that you were inspired by uh, my previous podcasts about staying moving during baseball games. Yeah, that's definitely been on my mind too. And you're right that part of it is just that mentality of getting out of that mentality that we have to sit so much. Generally, it's like, get to the ballgame, sit, you know, <laughs> get to the office, sit. And we have other options. And there, You know, I think that sitting doesn't always need to be the default. And you can totally watch a baseball game and also walk a few laps around the field or um, wherever you happen to be trapped. <laughs> you can find a way to move and be creative about it. I love that you did that, Melissa. And Good on you, getting some extra movement in your day. Your body's going to thank you in the long run. So thanks for that feedback. And speaking of moving, um, getting more exercise in your days, uh, listener Jessica left a comment on um, last week's episode over at daniellebean.com on the show notes there. And uh, she said the following, another great podcast, thanks. I wanted to share a bit about the workouts I'm into lately since you asked. I have a smart TV, so doing YouTube workouts has been really easy and offered lots of variety. You can always find something for just the right amount of time you have, something short or something longer. Here are some of my favorite channels. So she recommends Yoga with Adrian, Adrian spelled A-D-R-I. 
I-E-N-E, Jessica Smith TV, The Live Fit Girl, and Jenny Ford. I'm not familiar with that yoga one, but there are several yoga ones, and I find the same, Jessica, that... It's really nice to have a variety of things. You can find a channel that you like and someone whose style you like, and it's totally free. And you can have access to it pretty much anywhere or on your phone or whatever. Um, And it makes it a really flexible way to kind of get a workout in. Um, Jessica Smith TV is one of my favorites. I actually do follow her, and I love that. Um, And Jessica asked... uh, if I have any YouTube channels or if others do. So if you have some fitness YouTube channels that you enjoy, let me know and I will share them on a future podcast. You can send voicemail feedback or um, just comment on the show notes like Jessica did. Um, One that I enjoy that Jessica didn't mention is the Body Coach TV. Um, It's this British guy, Joe Wick, and he's just funny. And his workouts are totally flexible because they're mostly like interval style workouts, mostly shorter, like some are even just 10 minutes. Um, but they go up to like 20 or 30 minutes interval style. Um, Some involve equipment like using dumbbells or whatever, but then there are some that don't involve any equipment. And it really just follows like an interval style. Like I actually just did one this morning um, that was 15 minutes and it's just 15 moves. You do each one for 40 seconds and then rest for 20 seconds and move on to the next move. And it, let me tell you, I was, I was well out of breath and really feeling it on some of those moves. So, um, and it's totally flexible. And I, what I love most about doing those particular workouts is I can even do them like in a hotel room or whatever. So it makes it very easy to kind of fit in even when I'm traveling or other things come up um, that you can find 15 minutes, right? And just kind of get, get a sweat going. And I like that he's funny. I, well, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't joke or anything. I don't know if he means to be funny, but he like, he's not, he, he looks super fit and everything, but he doesn't show off like, oh, this is so easy for me. Like, he's always like, oh, this is a killer. And you know, <laughs> it's just funny to, to listen to him. I, I enjoy it. So check out the Body Coach TV channel on YouTube or any of the ones that Jessica recommends. And let us know what ones you like. Um, the more we hear from people, the greater variety we can offer and people will have lots of different things to check out. I want to thank everyone who sent their feedback this week. And if you want to, too, you can leave voicemail at daniellevine.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. It's this fun little app you can put on your phone and you can get the link to connect with my account on Voxer in the show notes at daniellevine.com. Or you can use good old-fashioned email. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I want to also thank Ascension Presents for partnering with me to produce this podcast. Don't forget to register at ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery for your chance to be part of the momnipotent study that I'm going to be leading online next month. I hope I can connect with you in this unique way. It'll be so fun to figure it out together. Again, get all the details at ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery. And I also want to thank those of you who support Girlfriends through your pledges of support at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a simple system that allows you to pledge as little as a dollar per episode to show your appreciation and support of your favorite podcasts. And Girlfriends is one of the podcasts on that site there. So go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Your pledges really do encourage me to produce this show week after week. And one benefit for you of being a Patreon supporter is that you get an invitation 
invitation to participate in our monthly video chats that I do. Um, they're called Girlfriends Live. The next one is Tuesday, June 13th, probably the day you're listening to this, um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's not too late to be a part of that. If you get over to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, pledge as little as a dollar per episode, you can get all the information that you need. Thanks so much for your support. And I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of what I do here at Girlfriends. Like I said, you're the reason that I'm here. You're the reason I'm producing this podcast. So I'm just so happy to have your presence here. It's a true gift to me. Thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy. 